the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We have new details on the murder of a Clark County Sheriff's deputy. And we have uh, a community in mourning for two 14-year-old boys who may have thought they were doing something cool that ended their lives in Columbus. That is where we start a Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along on 94.5 in Dayton and on 98.9 in Columbus. You can listen to us on the iHeartTuneIn and Radio.com apps if you do not have access to uh, car radio, listen to us on Bluetooth, plug into the program by sending me an email, bruce at salemmedia.com, or you can also call the show, 844-TALK-989. Deputy Matthew Yates, who was shot and killed on Sunday morning at a trailer park in Clark County, uh, is by all accounts everything you want a law enforcement officer to be. Uh, someone who deeply cared for the people that he was interacting with, even those who had been in violation of the law. One of the really touching stories that I've read about uh, Deputy Yates is from Clark County resident Tim White, who said to WDTN.com, it's a television station in Dayton, when he showed up to the door, other than being scared, meaning himself, Mr. White said, he offered prayer for me. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. When he gave me prayer and showed me he cared, my feelings totally went straight to God. Uh, Why was Deputy Yates at Mr. White's door because he was serving him papers for a court case. Um, So um, Officer Yates, Deputy Yates' uh, cruiser has been uh, inundated with flowers. And I await the uh, statement from Black Lives Matter decrying the death of Deputy Matthew Yates, who is black, by the way, and was shot by uh, a 27-year-old uh, named Cole White of South Charleston. Uh, Cole White and Jody Arbuckle also died in the confrontation um, and aftermath of the confrontation with Matthew Yates on Sunday morning. They were the bodies identified in the burned-out trailer that resulted after the standoff, which ensued following Cole White shooting Matthew Yates when he entered the trailer on Sunday morning. A little bit about Cole White. He was wanted on a warrant, a felony warrant, from an earlier arrest in Yellow Springs, which, if you don't know, is um, in the vicinity of Springfield. Um, He had been indicted for two counts of improperly handling a firearm while in a motor vehicle. He was um, drinking while driving, had two guns in his car, had a suspended... Not a suspended, uh, an outdated 
concealed carry permit, which of course you don't need in Ohio anymore. But Officer Yates was not serving the warrant on Sunday morning because this was the kind of warrant where it's issued for a person's arrest, but they're not being sought by police. If they happen to cross paths with police, for instance, most commonly in a traffic violation or something like that, you call in, you find out, ah, this guy's wanted on a warrant, and then you take him into custody. Uh, the reason why Deputy Yates and other law enforcement officers were called to that trailer was because there was a report that there was a woman who had been in some sort of distress there. Uh, we can presume, but we do not know yet, whether that was Jody Arbuckle. Her age has not been given. Cole White's 27 years old. Uh, he skipped uh, his court appearances following the arrest warrant issued for him. Of course he did, because this is typical. And it is... Uh, reported by Channel 7 in Dayton that Deputy White and other officers were given a heads-up that Cole White, uh, Matthew Yates, rather, and Cole uh, and the other officers were informed that Cole White was likely armed and dangerous. The exact words were caution for armed and dangerous. So uh, we await... Additional details on that. I still we still don't have a reason why the trailer was burned, uh, but uh, that is what we know about the very very tragic and sad death of Deputy Matthew Yates of the Clark County Sheriff's Department. As for the two 14 year olds in Columbus who died in a rollover crash of a stolen Kia on Sunday night, we know they were both 14. We still do not have their names. But the people who live in the neighborhood where they came from knew their names. They came from the Linden neighborhood, which is, of course, near the state fairgrounds. And they were members of the Real Kia Boys, a gang. That's right, I said a gang. Hmm. A gang of kids who think it's fun to steal and crash cars around Columbus. Uh, Ralph Carter is the founder of We Are Linden. He tells WSYX.com, that's ABC6.com on the web, being the Kia boys, stealing cars, doing all the negative stuff, uh, you're driving yourself into an early grave. Yes, that is literally true in this case. Not just figuratively true, it is literally true. Uh, So uh, Mr. White, um, excuse me, Mr. Carter, the founder of We Are Linden, and other local residents and pastors gathered last night for a prayer vigil. Uh, They are hoping to turn their neighborhood around. Uh, It would be nice if they would get some help from our city's leadership, but they are not. It's been interesting. I was just kind of going about my day last night, and my wife asked me, like, you seem down. Why are you down? And I, I didn't realize that I was projecting that, and I certainly didn't want to project that. But I said to her, like, here are the headlines I dealt with today. Two 14-year-olds killed in a rollover crash. A deputy sheriff, by all accounts an exemplary officer of the law, shot to death doing his job. And the city of Columbus, elected officials, voting to give a million dollars to kill babies. And the city law director, so-called, Zach Klein, vowing not to follow the law of Ohio for people who engage in abortion after the six-week cutoff established by the heartbeat bill. Those are my headlines. I said, how do I do those headlines and be uplifting? How do I do those headlines and be positive? And 
it was agreed by both of us that that that's not possible, but that it is important to state true things. The truth is the truth, whether people believe it or not. And lies are lies, whether everyone believes them or not. And so I talk about things here, and I can't help, as I talk about them, but be impacted by how much desperation there must be in neighborhoods like Linden and the Hilltop, where young lives are snuffed out by stupid decisions that are the product of lies. You can be really cool by joining the real Kia boys and stealing cars and crashing cars and burning tires and driving the cops crazy and terrorizing neighborhoods. That's where your life will have meaning. That is, of course, for those of us who have perspective, a lie. But it is the lie being sold to kids in those neighborhoods by gangs, which our city administration in Columbus refuses not only to do anything about, but refuses to even acknowledge or mention. Therefore, leaving the cleanup and recovery to people like Ralph Carter, who is the founder of We Are Linden, or Dominique Washington, who was one of the people at this vigil last night, who put in very clear terms, What these young people are falling victim to in their neighborhoods where they have no hope because Linden, which used to be a tremendous inner city school with great pride in its athletic programs. And I know the football coach at Linden, he's an amazing, amazing guy. I know people in the New Albany Presbyterian Church who have invested deeply in the Linden football program and have given those young people Identity and community was something as simple as raising money to buy them gear to play a sport that's gear that's not outdated by 40 years, which is what the situation was at Linden before the New Albany Presbyterian Church really plugged in and started fundraising and air-conditioned the locker room and painted the locker room and bought them all gear so they all look like a team. And Linden had a tremendous year in football last year. When you instill discipline with young people, as the football coach there has done, when you invest the right way and not just buy them things, but show up every Thursday night to cook them a meal, show them you care, spread a gospel message, the young people will respond to that. But instead, the city of Columbus is going to invest a million dollars in making sure that the women in Linden can continue to murder their babies in the womb. That's where the wisdom of our mayor, haha, wisdom, of our law director, of our city council, they've spent $16 million to curb youth violence in Columbus. You're no less dead when you end up that way in a car you've stolen than you are when you shoot someone or someone shoots you. Well, I remember Joe Biden talking a while back about, I don't believe any more of these lies. We're changing people's lives. 
They talked about like long lines for food during the Trump administration. I don't remember the long lines for food during the Trump administration. Uh, but there will be long lines for food today at the Nutter Center along um, 675 near Fairborn because the Greene County Food Bank is having a mass food distribution today. It's going on right now, in fact. Started at 10 o'clock. It will conclude at noon. People who show up will receive fresh produce, proteins, grains, and other products for free. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal service. But but, but I don't understand why there would be so many people there. Because our economy is robust and we are booming. Recession? Anyone say recession? Ah, we're not in a recession. You know why we're not in a recession? Because the White House refuses to acknowledge the word recession. Now, a recession has always been two consecutive quarters of negative gross domestic product growth. We've had one. We'll find out Thursday if we have had two. And I heard Brian Deese, one of Joe Biden's economic advising idiots, on Sunday say, ah, we're not concerned with backward-looking data. Nah, backward. We're looking forward. Everything's great. Economy's tremendous. Fantastic. Hmm. Okay. Well, wait. Yeah. Don't take my word for it. Here's Brian Deese. I will never understand why when I click on something... It does not play. Let's try again. We have real global challenges here in the short term. We've got to navigate our way through them, but we have to do so without giving up all our economic gains. That's going to be our focus. And I think that we need to train that focus on that rather than on sort of technical debates about backward looking data. Oh, technical debates about backward looking data. Come on. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the uh, reader in chief at the White House, made clear yesterday recession. Uh, we're not even going to talk about recession. In fact, we're not even going to define what a recession is. Crane, two questions. One, just following up on what you said about the National Bureau of Economic Research, they also did not declare a recession in 2008 until December. That's 12 months after the recession had already been in place in the U.S. economy. But based on what the president said earlier, have his economic advisors told him they also don't think a recession is likely? And what is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, def- I'm not going to define it from here. I'm just going to leave it to the NBER, as, as we have stated, of how they define uh, recension, okay. recession. See, you can't be in a recession if you won't define what a recession is. Brilliant, right? And you're going to rely on the National Board of Economic Eggheads to define it for you. And as the questioner noted, they were a year behind identifying it when we went through the Great Recession in 2008. So where are we in Ohio, really? Where are we? Are we in a recession? Well, the jobless rate in Ohio is like under 4%. That's usually full employment is 4%. Same in May, June, numbers same as May. So we certainly could not be in a recession because we have a lot of people working, right? Well, we do have a lot of people working. But do we have as many people working as we did before The pandemic hit when we were all told we couldn't go to work. We had to stay at home. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go to church. We couldn't go anywhere. No. We are still in Ohio, 145,000 jobs behind where we were when we shut down the state. Now, here's the other thing. we got a lot of people working. And we also have, and I'm one of them, a lot of people working multiple jobs because... Wages have not kept up with inflation. And when wages do not keep up with inflation, then you have trouble paying your bills. When you have trouble paying your bills, what do you do if you're a responsible citizen? You can do two things. Well, you can do one thing if you're a responsible citizen. You can go out and get another job 
that pays more, or you can get a second job to augment the job you have. Now, if you're not a responsible citizen, you sit on your butt and wait for the government to solve your problem by sending you a stimulus check or a check for $500 a month because look at you. You can reproduce a child. Well, we are still behind our pandemic levels of employment here in Ohio. Now, this this little factoid came up at the White House when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about a recession again before she refused to define it, and this is what she had to say. Is the White House trying to change the common definition of a recession because next Thursday the GDP numbers coming out are going to show that we've been in a recession? So let me say this. You know, the strength of our labor market along with the other economic uh, factors is what, what we generally see in a recession or even a pre a – pre, What? What? It's not what we generally see in a recession or even a pre-recession because we're seeing the strength of the economy and the labor market. So that's really important uh, to note there, there because those are uh, key elements as we talk about that, as folks keep asking us about that. So Americans across the country are back to work mm. uh, at a historic level. Really? Americans across the country are back to work at a historic level. Now, here in Ohio, I don't have the exact number of people working two jobs, but in America I do. Seven and a half million people. Seven and a half million people in the U.S. are working more than one job. But she says we're back at a historic level. Historic level. So if we're back at a historic level, well, who would have established that level? Uh, That's interesting. Maybe she'll give us the answer. Here's what I would say. We've always talked about the strength of our economy. We've always talked about how historic it's been. And Mm. we've always talked about the transitioning, right? Mm -hmm. The transitioning to more stable uh, and steady growth. And so to your point about uh, the job growth there, this is what we have been kind of stating for the past uh, several months. Look, you know, the economy created 1.1 million jobs in the second quarter. Uh, what and did? so and around 375 jobs per month. Those Ooh. are historic numbers. Uh, those are if you think about the the 1.1 million jobs, we are back to where we were uh, at pre-pandemic levels. So that is what we see as strength of the economy. Boy, there's a lot in there. All of it a lie. The economy created. The economy created jobs. Really? No. Private industry creates jobs which then creates an economy. You have no magical economy. It has to have private industry to make an economy. Historic numbers. Back to work at historic levels. Pre-pandemic levels. And she said they're at historic levels now. So that would mean that they were at historic levels prior to the pandemic. Who was president prior to the pandemic? Who established the history that you have lauded yourself for measuring back up to? Oh, Oh, that would be the mean orange man who's big and mean and orange and mean. So you've tried to undo every single thing Donald Trump did, not just with the economy, with border, with our international standing on the world stage. But you inadvertently admit that what he did was historic and you still haven't gotten back to what you inherited. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.